cool. <laughs> I like how you, you don't have to do that. Uh, okay, uh, yeah. I guess we're live. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're live. All right. Welcome back, everybody, to the MSG Podcast. You are We've got a very special guest in today. That's uh, oh, I don't. Yeah, it's just this Nerf gun. Nerf gun, dude. <laughs> Every time. Ugh. Did you watch that video I told you or no? I didn't. I, okay. I it, it, it is fine, it, honestly. I was like, the more I think about it, the more I think, yeah, you probably would hate to watch that video. <laughs> like, you would probably see it as... With my own eyes. Yeah, you probably would regret watching it. <laughs> probably would. Just anyway. by the thumbnail, I was like, I'm not going to like this. Yeah, there's, nothing like, it, but... there's nothing like illegal, you know. You're not going to see a, a penis or something. Highly provocative. But, but, you know, it's just... You get the idea of what's happening, but, yeah. Uh, what should we... Okay, shoot. I should have talked about this before we started. Uh, okay, should we update them first on the assassin stuff? Yes, we should. Uh, it's It's been raging on in the background all week long. I mean, it's people have been fighting tooth and nail, just knocking each other out with Nerf guns. Um, I think the official count after this week was another two are dead. So while I was the first blood, there's there's been more casualties, and uh, it's it's gonna get even more intense because I've been talking to a few people, and they're starting to really pick up information now. They're starting to dude. Really I don't have any information out. though. And, well, and you know, like Philip that we were sitting next to yeah. today, it's like he doesn't really have much information, but his guy is at Criswell too. It sounds like so maybe you can sure. buddy up with him. See if you, you can't slightly out gave how to away get my target. <laughs> I did. You said you said the college you lose. <laughs> oh shoot! I was never I was never mentioning my target in case someone one of them had mm. to listen to the podcast, which I think is very slim. But I don't think it's improbable. Yeah, but there's like seven people in there that goes to Criswell. Are there really? Yeah, I thought there were only two. Oh, there's a bunch. Oh shoot! I'm not oh. gonna list them all because I don't know them all. There's a bunch I think shoot, that go maybe. that I don't even know. So I think you're still safe. Yeah, I don't know. We'll we'll see. Um. Oh hey. Hello, Aaron. Well, howdy there. We started the podcast. That's right. Come on in here. Well, come on in. Welcome to the squad. Um, let's see. Only two other people died since yeah, last uh, week. It, it was, was John. Yeah, John Colvin and Ethan. Ethan, yeah. I mean, I don't know them, but. I know. So, I a total of four dead them. now. Oh, yeah, and David was confirmed dead. That was the first dead, yeah. So After a few days, we learned. So, yeah, I'm David's spinning dead. in my grave. <laughs> uh yeah, that's about it. There's nothing... I mean, we have some plans, but I don't really want to give those away currently. Yes, yes, we have but we have some ideas. Some tricks. Yeah. It's your ideas. Welcome to the squad. So, want to join us? All right, we got an open chair. An open mic. <laughs> yeah, some Nerf guns. <laughs> Russian roulette is fire. So, yeah, that's the Nerf gun I bought, so... Ah, um, shoot. Uh, what are we talking about? Yeah, we were doing the assassin stuff. Yeah. yeah, that's about it on the assassins. Nothing. Nothing crazy. Nothing no. has happened, from what I know. No major movements. No like yeah. outright wars. But yeah, so far. It's Apparently, been working yeah. in the background. It, the end is. I think the end of May. Yeah, I think they moved it up to the end of May, which mm-hmm. is going to be interesting. So, yeah, that's about it for that. Nothing too much. Uh cool. 
All right. Well, uh, uh, good seeing all of you. Well we, well, we could talk about the, the the thing I was telling you about earlier, and then we could get into the subject. I had two different topics. One of them is up there. Oh, okay. Okay. My writing is terrible. Um, I yeah. Think I can read that. Free Wi-Fi and. <laughs> <laughs> that actually looks like an A because the L is split. Alright, it's like ah. Free <laughs> It almost looks like an N. Yeah, kind of, yeah. Free windows. Well, it'd just be win. Win, win us. Free wind? I don't know. Uh, yeah. So you you don't know anything about the Lil Nas music not, video? Not very much, no. Right. I was I mean, going to watch it and then I, I don't keep up on like celebrity, uh, celebrity I don't stuff either. It's just, it's just one of those big controversial things. That I like came out a while back as gay. Yeah, he came out as gay. I was like, I doesn't really matter to me. No, I don't just, really care. Just one of those things. So, but no, he came out with this music video called Montero, because that's his name. Hmm. I saw that. That was his name. Interesting. It's also also you could call it. It's also it's called Montero, or it's called like in parentheses or whatever. It's like Call Me by Your Name. Okay. So I guess two different names. I don't know why. I still don't understand that kind of stuff, but that's just me. Anyways, the music video is pretty funny. Well, I guess for certain people it might be disturbing. Because it was a little whack, but it was very colorful. It was very colorful. I like the color. Very artistic. It gets your eye. I like, okay, I get it. I like it. But the entire music video is about him seducing Satan. Oh, wow. Man, he's got some pride Uh, issues then, huh? the The entire thing is about him seducing Satan. Hmm. So... You know, your regular everyday childhood topic. Yes. Yeah. You know, bring it and then about him having sex with Satan. Mm. And then killing Satan. And wow. then becoming Satan. He's just, he's going for the triple whammy. He... That's like, that's everything. <laughs> I mean, you know. I mean, uh, I mean, who wouldn't having... have sex with Satan if they had the chance? You know what I mean? Uh, you know, I wasn't going to say anything. Because <laughs> uh... you can't deny it. <laughs> uh, well... Uh, no, I just, uh, it was just a controversial topic because, uh, so he came out in an interview. He, did you see his shoes? No. The 666 shoes? <laughs> Those kind of look stupid, but they're, they're like, they're a Nike, I guess, help mass produce some, but they don't take any part in them. But it's a black and red shoe. Mm-hmm. It has the number 666 on it. Mm-hmm. It has, apparently has a drop of blood, human blood in it. I don't know. I how that works maybe i don't even know i I thought there were laws for stuff like that i don't know Uh, probably it's probably synthetic human blood that's why we need cannibalism (laughs) to make that legal yeah let's do it no you would cannibalize every time you can't deny. i don't know how that segued in there but you can't deny cannibalism as an option um (laughs) it has a pentagram on it Hmm. which i don't care about but yolo and then it has a verse on it, Luke ten eighteen. Huh. I I thought it was stupid. So the music video, basically, what he said is the music video is a big a big f you hmm. to Christians. Oh, that's terrible, but not surprising. It's not like we're gonna turn around and f you back. <laughs> f you back. <laughs> we're gonna make we're our gonna own music video. <laughs> now, I don't hear. No, I screenshot it, but he he. Did like a little like um, comment on it because I think it was CNN was asking him about the music video and why he did it and all that, and he came out with a comment. Let me see if I can find it. Uh, maybe I can't. 
Wait, can I? No. This is not at all. Maybe I lost it. Shoot. Oh, no. Is this it? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, his real name is Mo uh, Montero Lamar Hill. At Little Nas X. That's his name. Hmm. Um, first off, uh, after, after the controversial stuff, he came out with the uh, apology video on his YouTube channel. <laughs> and I already knew what, what it was. Yeah. And I decided to watch it anyways. So his apology, and he starts out like the first 10 seconds, he's like, I wanted to apologize for all, this. and then it skipped to his music video about him <laughs> having like, sex with, just as a bit, I, which I already knew what was going to happen. I just wanted to see it because I thought, oh, <laughs> like he's doing that card. Huh? By the way, you cut it way too early there, little Nas X. You need to learn how to edit better. But I get the idea. <laughs> you know, I used to be like, bad I at it. I, I appreciate it, but you really need to get better at editing that. Like mm, mm. that was the cringiest part. Was that edit? You just ruined that part. So I don't care about the video. Um. No, he came out, oh yeah, yeah, he, so, the day after the music video, he responded to the backlash over its rebellious religious imagery, I guess that's what they're saying, and, well, I'm not going to say everything he says, mm -hmm. but it's very short, I'll, I'll quote what he said, he said, uh, I spent my entire teenage years hating myself because of the blank y'all preached would happen to me, because I was gay, he wrote, so I hope you are mad, stay mad, feel the same anger you teach us to have towards ourselves hmm. that's a, there was that's only a one cuss word in there reaction, actually. Uh, no I, I get it but there's either two things well there are two things wrong with that either the people you were around that were I guess preaching to you yeah. definitely weren't qualified to be preaching to you because they went at a, you don't, at a wrong approach pretty much you don't teach oh you're gonna burn in hell at church that's, that's not even well that's the fire and brimstone technique and it's it's uh, even even the scare right. tactic in christianity yeah. should never be used because it's stupid it, like it if you get saved simply to, to get away from hell that's not what it's meant no, for exactly right so i think he, he probably if he grew up in a church he, it was probably the the wrong one. that was probably a church that hated gays to but, be I honest mean, it, that's that's shockingly common though because the whole, and, and most churches have moved away from this, but the whole, you know, love the sinner, hate the sin ideal yeah. is what really should be taught. Yeah. It's like, we're not, we're not telling you to hate yourself because of this. It's a very real problem. And it, it, if it's your cardinal sin, there's you know, nothing you can do in and of yourself to change that. Um, yeah. You have to let God change it for you. Yeah. And Christ working in your heart to do it. But, I mean... People don't give enough credit to the strength of sin itself. So it's like, if people are, were telling him, yes, yeah, like, oh, man, you're gay, and, and therefore you're going to burn in hell, and if you don't change yourself, that's, that's, that's yeah, that was a definitely sure thing. wrong on their like, part. That's, that's the wrong way to go that's about it. That's terrible to do. Now, I think it was either, either they did that, or he completely misunderstood what was being said. That could be it, too. Because he said he was a teenager when this was happening, and... You know, a lot of teenagers, including myself, misunderstood, like overreacted, or it could have been a mix of both. So one or the other or both, I don't know. Either way, there was something wrong there. Yeah, people hate to be called out for their sin. Yeah, or for do. anything they do. Yeah, they do. They get um, immediately defensive and they have an explanation for everything. Yeah, so, so it's so. that's what the video is for. I feel sorry for them then, in that sense. And anybody I, that watched it, <laughs> I was talking about this with my buddies. The other day. And I thought it was funny because the verse he puts on the shoes is Luke ten eighteen, uh -huh. if I'm correct. And it, I mean, the verse is a specific reference to, to Satan, mm -hmm. which I guess that's what his music video is. So it makes sense he would want to choose a verse 
as a reference to Satan. But it's like, you chose the wrong verse. Uh, where is it? Uh, that's not Luke. Yeah. I didn't look it up. Um, the, the verse 1018, uh, you know, I'm going to misquote it because I don't have it in front of me. But it basically, it's, um, it basically says, and he fell like um, lightning from heaven. And it's a reference to Satan. Yeah, yeah. And I thought it was funny because it's like, okay, you, you're choosing Satan over God. You know, you're doing all that. But it's like, you not hear the whole, he fell yeah, from heaven cool. part. Like, like it's cast out. Like, like the verse itself tells you what's happening. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I thought, I thought, because when I said it, I thought either him or his marketing team, whatever, just picked the first verse they found on Google that mentioned, that specifically referenced Lucifer. And I was like, I was like, I, I, give me five minutes. I'll find something better than that. Like, (laughs) you didn't do much research. You didn't do a lot of research. I don't, I don't know if he chose it, somebody else. I don't know, but yeah, I think it was kind of stupid. And then if you read the verse immediately after Luke 10, 19, it specifically clarifies what's going on in 18. Yeah. Out of context there, buddy. Little bit. <laughs> yeah, you want to take stuff out of context, I'll show you the rest of it. But, nah, I don't mm. care. Do what you want. I know a lot of people were overreacting. I thought, I don't think it's something to overreact for. I mean, I think, yeah, it's sad that, you know, he specifically seems like he hates pe- a certain group of people, which yeah, that's not the first time we've seen that. But No, then I think there's going to be more of it. <laughs> but it's like, you know, the, the video is a very... Like it's, it, kind of thing or, or just, it doesn't hide what it means. Right. It's it's all out he there. He clarifies that he's choosing Satan over the God that we believe. Right. It's like he's blatantly being obvious, which means I don't think we need to call it out because he's calling it's himself out yeah. compared to other things that are wrong that people can't tell the difference between. Yeah. So at least he's being honest. Yeah, I was like and honest you know, I was looking I was looking up this and I see all these like Christians doing reactions on YouTube. I was like, Y'all are way overreacting yeah. on something that you I mean He's calling himself out, yeah. if anything. Yeah. He, I like, there, there, explained it there are bigger, and... badder things you need to focus on that people don't know of compared to something that... That's pretty he's, explicit. This yeah. is black and white. This is super easy to pick up on. Like, yeah. it's like the verse calls minutes. itself out. Like Everything about it specifically clarifies. No. And, in, and then he talks about how he, he, you know, he dislikes the Christian like the... group. Yeah. So it's like, you know... So there were, like, I don't know, it went both ways. Like, some people were, like, really, you know, like, really proud of him for standing out. And other people were, like, you know, that's hate and all that. And I was like, what do you expect? You can you cannot hate anybody, but you can hate Christians. That's right. That, that's, yeah, that's not hate, is it? <laughs> Hating a specific group of people based off of what they believe or maybe their skin color? <laughs> what is that, man? I don't believe in hate. <laughs> it's, I don't care. It's interesting that he chose that tactic because if... If that was really what he was upset about, he's becoming no better than what he believes Christians to be. In fact, yeah, but he's, he's pitching himself in there with the group of hatred. Because yeah. if he believes Christians are just hate, then he's no better than us in his own mind. Yeah, so if you're listening to this little Nas, get on the podcast. That's right. Come Let's join have a us. chat. <laughs> Don't wear the get-up you wore in that video. Just come regularly dressed. He was he was almost naked in that video. Yeah, so, is that was I never saw the thumbnail. I think, or I didn't. I guess I didn't pay attention to when I saw it. I don't know. It was, just, it was on like a stripper pole, you know. He, yeah, there was a stripper pole. Yeah, yeah, it was it's... funny. <laughs> it was funny as hell, dude. Because you're watching this in the middle of the music video. Is um, he's like being uh, lifted up to heaven, maybe because he died or some reference. And a stripper pole comes out of nowhere, and he takes the stripper pole down to hell. 
like, oh boy. I, I, I don't know. I thought it was funny. I was like, all right, you know, we all choose our, we all choose where we go in the end. You choose what you want. I'm not. Yeah. I don't make the choice for you. I don't know. Just made it a little earlier. I thought it was funny. Yeah. I don't know. So, Man, but yeah. Mrs. Bones. <laughs> I uh, wish bad on anybody, and I. It saddens me that he's gotten that impression of the church, but it, again, it's something that happens regularly because, and see, I've even been known to make that mistake too, and a lot, especially as a young Christian, where you you talk to people about their sin, not necessarily out of love, but because you know it's wrong. Yeah. But that's that's where the problem goes, is where you're looking at other people's sins more than you're looking at your own. Yeah. Um, and I think once you begin to get a more mature as a Christian, you start going like, okay, I need... We're supposed to talk to other people about what they're doing wrong, especially stuff that's very destructive. I think homosexuality is very destructive to somebody's soul and their mind. Um, but at the same time, you can't just, you know, go look at what you're doing wrong. The conversation yeah. needs to be, look at what we're all doing wrong. Yeah. And there's ways of, you know, we can't really dial it back ourselves, but in trusting God, he dials it back for us. And he's, he's reining us back in. So it it's interesting. I mean, that's just how it is, so yeah. It is. Yeah. I think yeah, I think either I don't know, either the church he was at or whatever or he misunderstood stuff, I don't know. Something like that. That some somewhere in there that's where things went wrong, but there's probably a little of both. Probably. But. There's there's a lot especially in the, the old time Baptist churches, um, which are a lot of black churches to be honest. Um they're they're all the the fire and brimstone yeah. kind of stuff. It's like that's there's a place for that, but if you're using it as a scare tactic, like yeah, uh, the, you shouldn't get saved. Yeah, you shouldn't get saved. Of an angry God, yeah, that's straight fire, but <laughs> of the not, wrong sort. That's not you don't you don't get saved for the idea that simply you don't want to go to hell. It's the idea is hell is specifically a completely eternally separation from God, yeah, which is because God cannot the worst be thing you sin. Possibly ever think of? Yeah, you that's, can't even that's, imagine it. That's what hell is. But yeah, I mean it's also. Other things, but <laughs> you know, yeah, whatever, you know, yeah, well, whatever. It's, it's, that it's, happen. Just, it's, it's just hell. It's, it's not the. I mean, there's going to be more of that anyways. So, but more of hell, <laughs> more people doing that, oh. specifically against Christians. Yeah. yeah, well, it's it's going to become popular because the reverence for Christianity as a whole is fallen like a stone. Uh, yeah, you know, it used to be you you didn't attack because I mean, it was the main religion here in america so you, you don't touch it you don't attack it and people have taken shots at it in the past and gotten away with it so it's going to be more and more and, and since it's fallen from its place of favor among the the religions of this world i mean shoot it's uh anti-religion and atheism have become the the new norm essentially because yeah. uh, i think their uh you know religion itself is foolish and it's non uh for it. It's just you'd have to be stupid in order to believe it that there's no possible proof for it or anything. Yeah, it is that what could it be is. Further from the truth, but that's the way they believe. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it wasn't surprising though. Like it's obviously a very controversial yeah. topic to a lot of people, and the kid really wasn't doing that hot in the musical mm-hmm. industry. Yeah, because you know he had that song, the uh, Old Town Road, mm-hmm. which yeah, was that, it was more of a one hit wonder. The rest of his songs didn't. Well. He wasn't doing too hot, so he did. It makes sense. You did something that really stood out to get your name back out there. 
And that was before he came out of the closet. Uh, yeah, Old Town Road. Yeah, I think he was probably after. Yeah, yeah, because Billy Ray Cyrus did that. I don't know. Yeah, it's like he, he probably wouldn't have. I don't know that. if Billy Ray would have done it if he knew he was gay. Yeah, he's pretty no shots Christian. to Billy Ray. I'm just saying. No. I think Billy Ray is like Catholic or something, from what I know. Right. I thought he was Christian, but he might be Catholic. So, I, don't I, don't know. Know. I don't know. I don't know Billy. Personally, I knew he was religious because he's he religious. Was... So I mean, it's not that he wouldn't have done a song with him. I right. just don't know. You know, yeah. not me. So, <laughs> but maybe he waited until after Billy Ray because he thought Billy Ray wouldn't do a song with him. I, if, my, that, that would make that so much thought. sense. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. that. That would make so much sense. But like, you could already kind of tell if you were paying attention in that music video. Like he was wearing all like pink cowboy gear. I don't think stuff. pink is like fully no, bad. But but you yeah. think he was going. Um, it's not I don't necessarily think he, normal. I, okay, I watched that movie video. I didn't think he was like personally gay when right, I watched that right. movie video. He didn't but, act but in gay. Hindsight, it's not like, like he acted. It didn't seem like right, he was right, acting right, right, gay right. or at least no. specifically trying to act. It almost like he was trying to act. I don't know, straight in that video. It could have been. And I was like, yeah, oh, this maybe is, he was dialing it back for Billy Ray. And I was like, this is kind of music videos, anyways. The kind modern of modern stuff. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're not what I'm used <laughs> to seeing. So each their own. But yeah, I don't know. Whatever. Um, I had a topic. I have this one, mm-hmm. or shoot, let me write this one down. And there's two topics. We that one will take the whole rest of the video um, or the the recording. Something like that. Hmm. Okay. Okay. That one's that do that a bigger one? Bu- bubble. Oh, that's bigger. That. You well, think that's bigger? You think that would take longer than? The, should we not that, even do either well, of these topics? <laughs> Let's, let's go for the first one because I feel like that one you can sort of structure a little Cause, bit Because the second one I put down there is something I've already kind of – well, I talked about that with other people. Yeah. But I don't think I've really talked about it with you, which we could always talk about. But, yeah, we don't got to do it right now. We can touch on I'll both. Because, <laughs> yeah, the, the first one is free will versus predestination, and the second one is morals. Uh, the only reason I'm thinking morals is a bigger one is because it morals are a like part a of everything, even outside of religion. Like – See, that's what I'm saying, though. Yeah. I, I, my brother was talking about that it's not based off of, it's in religion only. I was like, no, that's not. Yeah, I don't so think it is. Yeah. I think I think morals. You're born with morals, but uh, yeah. But when yeah, you get we, saved, we, it, it obviously advances some of that corrects and uncorrects. But so what? Free dest or <laughs> free destination? Let's, let's start with the first one. <laughs> okay, that one. So yeah, yeah. It's free will versus predestination. Mm-hmm. I know, I've, I've talked yeah. about We both talked about this a little bit. We haven't bit. really talked about it on the podcast, per se, from what I know. There was one episode was there? back when I first started listening to Vody Bauckham, because he's, he's diehard predestination. Is he? Yeah. I haven't watched too much, I guess. Uh, not, not enough. And then um, I've, I've read other people's works, I've seen other sermons I mean, diehard free will. So, to start this off, we would have to define what free will and what, what, what what's the difference. Yeah, so, yeah. So, so predestination would be the idea that you, like you will, no matter what, you're going to die at the age of 65 by falling off a cliff. No matter what you do in your life, that will happen. You know, like certain things are going to happen. Right. So every, every little element of your life is pre-planned and it's going yeah. to go to that point. No matter what you do, that was like, no matter it's like, oh, am I going to go right or left? And you decide, I'm going to go right. You were already going to say right. That's what predestination is, that you already made that choice. Yeah, so all your choices have technically been made for you. They've been made for you, yeah. That's what predestination... Free will is the free choice yeah, the, to make the choices you want. They aren't predestined for you. They aren't made for you in advance. So Right. 
Yeah, and, um, and in a greater context, when you bring that into like salvation, you know, predestination is that you were specifically chosen to be saved, whereas other people weren't. And, I don't believe that. And then free will is that, that everybody makes their own choice. Everybody has the choice to choose whether or not they're going to follow Christ yeah. or not. Um, also, with that, now this is more like um, religious, but people who, I, I know some people who say because God is, you know, all knowing. Um, omnipotent. Uh, omniscient. Sorry. Omniscient. Om- omniscient. I can't say that word. I'm sorry. <laughs> but because he already like God knows everything that's going to happen in your life, he knows how you're going to die. That he predestined that because he knows it. And I say, well, there's a difference between predestination and be able to see the future. Yeah. Yeah, that would be foreknowledge. So, yeah, yeah that, that's like a, foreseeing the future is not predestination. Also, he could see thing. any outcome, like every possible outcome for every single thing you would ever do. Yeah. So technically, he would know one of these choices you're going to make because you could see every possible outcome but yeah but that would only be the case if it was free will because if yeah. it was predestined then there would only be one path yeah that but so yes, yes, so what right. do you what do you think what are you i i have like ping-ponged all over Bag the place because it is such a complex issue like just what we've said already is enough to cover like hours and hours of deep Theologically, into it. it's like it's deep, but there's even more layers than that. Because when you start getting into the implications with which each of those means, it goes crazy. If if you wanted a quick answer, I believe that it is both equally at the same time. Okay, and it, it's I'm not sure I could explain it any more than like <laughs> we as Christians we believe that Jesus is both 100% man and 100% God. We don't necessarily know how that works, but it has to be that way or else salvation makes no sense at all. He's 100% divine and also 100% human, so he had all of the weaknesses of a human, but all of the the strengths, essentially, of God. Yeah. But he was still tempted in the human sense. So he, he, re- he received more temptation than any one of us could have ever born. Okay. You know, ever received, and and he didn't fail. So it's like that was real. All the suffering he felt was real. He wasn't necessarily helped along by his divinity. Yeah. But at the same time, he was fully divine. So it's like we we can't really fathom how that is, but it's true. When it comes to free will versus predestination, I feel like it has to be both, for a, a number of reasons. One being, I mean, the Bible uses both terms equally, pretty much. Like I mean, Jesus was meant to die on the cross, type. Yeah. So that being God predestination, to do that. he was he was predestined to do it. In fact, he, that plan was created before the creation of the world. Uh, he had fully intended for that to happen. In terms of free will, there can be no true love at all without true free will. Meaning, if if it was all predestination, then love could not exist. We could not love God, and God could not love us, because if we were predestined to love him, then it would be a robotic sort of, you know, I programmed you to love me kind of thing. I'm making you do this. And that's not true love. That's just obedience to a predetermined code. That's, you know, that's, that's not how that works. Whereas with free will, you're choosing completely of your own accord to love something else. And that, in and of that self, it becomes real. So, it it has to be, at least so far as I can tell, it has to be both. Um, and, like I said, it's, it's more complicated than that. But 
that's but, uh, that's yeah. the basic concept. I know. I know. Growing up, I was definitely more of like free will, and I was too. And I, I really didn't see predestination as even an option. But yeah, I definitely see how predestination kind of fits into certain uh, certain aspects, right? Especially with like dying on the cross and all that. Yeah. Um, I would lean more towards free will and just a little predestination, but definitely more free will. Yeah. Per se, because I, you know, I'm. I'm one of those people who I think, you know, at any point in your life, you could choose, um, you could choose to follow God, you could choose to be sinful, you know, uh, be, I guess, selfish, mm-hmm. and do your own thing your whole life, you could wait till the end, because there's an example of people coming to Christ right right at the end of their life, um, I think, yeah, I think free will will fix more in, uh, I don't know, like 75% over predestination would be like 25% of each person. So I definitely think the idea of like choosing Christ is completely free will, mm-hmm. like choosing to be uh, in your own sin or to get rid of it is yeah. completely your own choice. Each individual person's choice that they have to make on their own. So, yeah, and see, I I don't think I would ever go so far as to put percentages on it because I would I would have that's to say just, it's, that's it's just 100% a hit or miss free will and it's a hundred percent predestination, but. It's a fifty-fifties for you. Yeah, I think it's a hundred percent both, which is okay. weird. Uh, it's an even mix of them both in their full extent. Uh, but again, it's it's something that even the best theologians have struggled with um, because it's such a hard concept to grasp. Uh, I know one of uh, the original preacher of Redeemer Bible Church, he did a sermon on this, and it was probably one of the harder ones he'd ever had to, to do. Um, and he came up with an illustration which I thought was very interesting. I never heard the sermon, but I've heard about yeah. it after the fact. But his his last thought on it was essentially, you know, it doesn't really matter. Whatever you believe on it, it doesn't it doesn't determine whether you're saved or, or not. But he, he gave the illustration of, you know, if when you die you are admitted into heaven and as you're going through into heaven there's a gate and at the top of the gate it says you've chosen well. And as you walk through the gate you look back and it's also written on the back, you were always chosen. Whereas it it's possible for both things to exist simultaneously but also independently like you can and this it's like we we can't comprehend two this is why we talk about it two, uh, two complete opposites being true at the same time yeah but it's like you can in in that sense as freely as anything you know i'm going to choose to pick this item up and throw it across the room and that is absolutely my free will you know, nobody is making me do that. But at the same time, that was always God's plan for me to do that. Even though it was always my free will to do it. Yeah. So it's like, is he making me do it? It, it That's why it gets complicated. It's definitely tricky. It's, it's, it's definitely, you know, obviously. It, it, if you take that thing, he's not making me do it. It's very, yeah, it's tongue twister, messed up stuff. Uh, gosh, I had a I had another thing. Um, shoot. Oh, it, it was something that C.S. Lewis talked about in Mere Christianity, where it was talking about the will of God, and how the biggest thing in predestination is that you cannot resist the will of God. And I I believe that, but there's there's multiple types of will. There's like God's desire will, and then there's His ultimate will, the plan that must be act out, acted out, or must be done. And the desire will is something I think 
we can freely go against at any time. Such as, and it's it's where a lot of people they forget, you know, God's a father. He's our father. It's like the parental figure. Yeah. Uh, and the illustration C.S. Lewis uses is like, as a father, your will for your child is for them to obey you and to you know you you have. You, you've grown up and you've known, okay, these certain things will hurt my child. So it is my desire that they don't jump up and yeah. hit that hot iron on the stove. That child can be wily and pull a chair over there and hit that iron. He's going against his father's will. But at the same time, you know, I think that's how we ought to look at that desire will from God. It's like you can go against his will for you, but if his ultimate will that plan for you is that you're saved then you're going to be saved kind of thing and yeah again c.s lewis can like the little choices are kind of free will well i think it's all free will i th- it, i know it's... i can't describe i cannot describe it in a way that will make any sense and i i'm fine with that because nobody can explain it to that degree yeah that um very interesting to talk about <laughs> yeah uh yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's it's weird. <laughs> I, yeah, I had like a thousand things I was going to talk about. And now they're starting to fall away. They're all gone. Uh, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Well, it's like it's interesting predestination, because... uh, which Vody Bakum is. You know, he's a he's a strong, strong proponent of it, and only predestination. He makes great points on it, and it's something I've picked up to to talk about a hundred percent and a hundred percent. Because Paul talks about how uh, God is the potter, and he, he takes the clay, and he makes some vessels out of the clay for honorable use and some for dishonorable use. And how perhaps uh, some people he made never to be saved um, so that it might lead other people to be saved. Necessary evils. Yeah, but That's it's not even it. evil at that point. Because... If God's the creator, he can do whatever the heck he wants. Yeah. Um, and he uses the example, or it's not even an example, it's sort of an explanation, which makes sense. I think it's true to some extent. Um, oh, now I'm blanking on it. <laughs> it, it I think what you're saying, it sounds like somebody who does you know, a very evil thing, and it what it does is it helps push certain other people away from that evil towards good in a sense so that bad thing that they do helps push other people towards christ or away from the evil that that one person has done in in a sense and you know like god god never perpetrates evil and he he does not condone it in any sense but i i think a lot of times bad things can happen that end up working out for good and that's obviously what scripture is very clear on you know christ uses all things for the good of those who love him yeah um and an example of that, I won't say when or how or the people involved, um, but at one point in my life, there was a time that I got extremely like lonely and down, and like I was like, "This is this stinks," yeah, yeah. you know. And uh, usually, when that happens, I'll start texting people just because like I, I want to talk to somebody. Yeah, yeah. And so I started talking to somebody uh, I knew in college, and they were you know texting back and forth. Anyway, push comes to shove, I ended up talking about another friend of mine. Uh, the, the girl I started texting was the, 
yeah, the first person I was talking to was a girl, and I'd mentioned a guy friend of mine. Okay. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. So I, you know, got to talking, and I eventually gave exchanged those numbers. And at the moment, they seemed to be going pretty steady. But in hindsight, I was going, if I hadn't have been lonely, and it was a, a terrible bout of loneliness, I would have never talked to that friend again or for a while. That, that conversation Those two would have never met. They would have never, because they were... Are they dating now, or...? Uh, they're probably... Is that both, it, on it, it wasn't that long ago. Okay. But... They'll probably start dating. That's their plan okay. at the moment. They're, they're in different states. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I mean, yeah, but like that—that that almost comes in like the um, what do you like? Your kind of like your soulmate, that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah. yeah. But I, I, and the, I, it comes back to like I think God has. has you think that was pre, that was almost everybody. predestined to happen yeah, as been. a way to get those two. It could have been by yeah. using your probably weakness. Was. To make yeah, other yeah, people yeah, exactly. by using a bad, yeah, you're yeah. bad to, for the good of others. For people. the good of others, and I couldn't be happier for them. It's it's interesting to look at uh, because I, I didn't get, or I, I wasn't terribly lonely after that fact. But it's just like, hey, it's neat. It just it just boosted just your like, spirits just by doing. That. Yeah, it, was, it was just weird. It was just that's, a random bout of something that led to something else that I never, ever in a million years would have thought would have. That's happened. interesting. Uh, but I think that kind of stuff happens a lot. I, yeah, I think that that stuff happens it. a lot. Yeah. Um, but in terms of predestination, he probably already had them matched again before the foundation of the world. If he knew all of us were going to come along and what all of us were going to be like, yeah, that's that's both foreknowledge, I think, and predestination. Yeah. Um, but in terms of our individual paths and things, I think it's all free will, backed by. Pre- <laughs> again, I don't, I don't have a. So my question, I guess, would be, do you so? When it comes to the idea, and this is obviously this whole episode is more religious, so uh, some people may not be interested. But when it comes to the idea of choosing Christ and not choose, like heaven or hell, basically that's that, that's the most blank, like obvious question. But choosing God or not choosing God, do you think that's both hundred percent free will, hundred percent predestination, or one or the other? Are you are you because th- I w- I would I would very much debate. If if someone was to say it's a hundred percent predestination that you will go to hell or this person is destined to go to heaven, I would say okay, I, there's something wrong there. I, I could I could not agree with that. Because if you want to say like it's a hundred percent both, I mean that's very confusing. I understand, but I I could reason with it. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, I would I would have to say the hundred percent both, but but play devil's advocate on the part of the predestination side. Uh, and this was the, the argument I was going to bring up earlier that vacated my mind at a moment's notice. Um, the whole fact of the matter is every one of us before Christ deserved death. Yes, we, we, yes. And so the fact of the matter is if God even saves 1% of all the people that ever lived through it's Christianity... That's more gracious than we could have ever asked for. Because we can't bring anything to the table. There's nothing we could offer him to yeah. get him to save we, us. Yeah, before Christ died, you had to sacrifice animals. Yeah, yeah. And that was just to cover blood. sin. That, yeah. was, that didn't pay for it. It was just enough to appease God. Yeah. And he, he didn't even like the sacrifices so much. It was just, you know, we're just covering something. the sin. Covering, and that was yeah. all leading up to the death of the greater lamb, which was Christ, that paid for the sins. But... In that idea, yeah, not one of us could do anything to get God to save us. So the fact that he would save any one of us, is it's like, hallelujah. 
So the fact that he might choose some to die and choose to live, it's of no consequence. At the same time, though, I think it's far deeper than that. Okay. That, that was his argument to just go like, who are you to get angry at the moral you know, upheaval that that causes in our mind of, you know, it's yeah. wrong for God to choose some people over others. It's like he, he doesn't choose people because of things he looked into the future and saw them doing. It's like he, he didn't choose the promised seed, the, the line of Adam through Abraham because he looked down the channels of time and saw one of the, the children doing something he liked. It was like he, he picked it because he wanted this person. Not going to have any, anything they did. Just, I want that one. Mm. And the That's convention of bloodline was broken many times throughout there. You, you remember uh, uh, Esau and Jacob? Yeah. It's like usually the elder brother would receive the blessing, and that's where the, the bloodline, the lineage, would carry on. But Jacob was the wily brother, and he tricked his father into giving him the blessing. So the younger brother got the blessing, and he ended up being the promised seed, which threw convention on its head. That was... Yeah. And then, you know, made uh-huh. his brother hate him and all that stuff. But that, that, that's the yeah. kind of thing. And all throughout the Bible, uh, God would continually help the little guy... He would, he would be with Israel, which is the tiniest little baby nation that's weak as could be in, in biblical times. And he would be with them, and they would go and wipe out this massive attacking army. And that was kind of the whole, like, I'm throwing convention on its head. Like, of course, a giant massive army should have wiped out little baby Israel. Yeah. But they didn't. They, they were wiped out themselves. And it's, it's that kind of reoccurring thing throughout history that, that God throws convention on its head and... In terms of that, it's like what we would think is morally right out of our own subjective morality is, well, if God's an all-loving and all-knowing God, then surely he would want to save every one of us. Perhaps that's true. Maybe he wants, his desire will is for every one of us to turn to him in a free will sort of way. Um, But... Yeah, yeah. I I don't want to say too much or or too little on the topic because as it gets more confusing, you have to start saying some odder and odder things. Yeah, and then your your theological soundness starts dropping off too, because you get into guesswork. We don't know how it works. Well, yeah, this is again, this is all hypothetical. We don't actually know. Yeah, this is more our opinion than anything else. At this point, all we all we know for certain is that both are talked about just about equally in the Bible. Yeah. Um, and both concepts can be stood behind independently, but I, I think if they're taken by themselves, it's dangerous. It's very dangerous because you start blocking off the possibility for the other. Yeah, you need to be able to look at both sides to pick yeah. so what, what you think is correct. If you're all predestination, you don't account for true love. And if yeah. you're all free will, you don't account for the sovereignty of God and his choice in the matter, and, yeah. and his choice in the plan of salvation and history and everything. So that's why I'm kind of forced into a corner to go 100%, 100%, because I, I, at this point, I think they're both true. Yeah, pretty tricky subject. And that's say. not even going into account the, the whole, uh, again, the genius of C.S. Lewis. He, he figured out that Satan will often introduce these kind of things, these highly divisive topics in pairs. To split up. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think I talked about this once on the podcast, but uh, it's like you, you have two opposites 
And, yeah. uh, and you've got the, the true dead sinner, which in a lot of cases is what is intended to be believed. Uh, again, I, I can't say that for certain on this. That's just my opinion. Yeah. Free will versus predestination. But for a lot of things, it, let's talk politics. You know, you got one side of the issue, which is liberalism, and the other side, which is conservatism in, in our system. And uh, the way Satan will use that is that the most extreme forms of both of those are clearly bad. I mean, that, you know, capitalism and, and uh, conservatism can go far off the end. That's where you get fascism. And then same with liberalism, you get socialism and communism. So the, at, the, at the fringes, they're both completely bad. But and the middle ground, the middle ground is, is, is good, pretty that's, well. That's yeah. pretty stable. But what Satan does is he gives you the choice between these two, and right out the start, he makes you favor one. So okay. It's like, if this yeah. Is your political compass, you know, I think both of us we more favor uh, conservatism. And so what happens is everybody, since they have that bend towards one or the other, they have a tendency to want to start swinging more and more, especially in resistance to the ideas of the other. Yeah. So by getting off of dead center in this illustration, uh, it actually gives Satan an it opportunity to pull you into that yeah, evil. It, it basically immediately shifts your view on the other side of the fence and on this side of the fence. Yes, yes it does. It starts... It, it can kind of twist how you see certain things, which yeah. are why people fall so easily into one side or the other. So it's like in, in your dislike of this other one, you start to back away from it, and it's actually starting to point you more and more to... To that, that singular idea. Evil. Yeah, yeah, the evil of your own side. Whereas if you'd stayed kind of in the middle, and again, this is not talking about politics so much. That was just an example of two extremes that we face. Yeah. But... That happens in the religious world all the time, where it's like, okay, the difference between hymns versus modern contemporary music. They're both praise songs, yeah. but people will fight tooth and nail over, you know, it has to be traditional, it has to be hymns, or it has to be conservative, and, you know, they, and that will create division, because they start pulling away from dead center, which in that case is honoring God, worshiping God. It doesn't matter whether it's one or the other, ultimately. Um, But I thought that was exceedingly wise on C.S. Lewis's part because it's true. The more you start looking for it, okay, all the things that divide up the church and splinter the church into a thousand little subdivisions and and little precincts here and there uh, are the difference between two choices. Yeah. And the other thing about two choices is, you know, we have our left and right here in the political spectrum. Everyone leans towards one or the other. Yeah. Now, let's just take one side of it. You've got leftism. You could break that into two halves. And so you could splinter that group into two pieces, and then you could subdivide those halves again. And so there's an infinite possibility for division once you start busting things apart. And uh, I think that's... It's so fascinating that if division is accomplished this way, unity is talked about so much in the Bible. It's just, okay, ignore this. Ignore that and ignore that. Your unity is looking to Christ and acknowledging him as the true king. And it's like all the other stuff doesn't really matter. And that's, yeah. that's why, you know, Paul often talks about, like, guys, why are, you, why are you squabbling about these little things? It doesn't have any bearing on your salvation and it's breaking down the church. Yeah, that's true. Even, even like, the whole free will predestination, that doesn't really define... Yeah. Your own. 
it's an interesting thought experiment Believe. because people want to know things. I, I would yeah, like yeah. To know curiosity. Yeah, there there are tons of things. I, would, I mean, I would love to know the actual answer. I would. Too. Like, is it both both sides? Is it one full side, one of the other? You know, I would love to know that, but in this life, I will never know that. It's more just yeah. speculation on what I think based off of what I've seen. Yeah, and but I agree. No. I agree wholeheartedly because there's there's compelling arguments on both sides, and no wonder that there's leading uh, theologians that are just professing profusely one side or the other because you can find heavy and and very convincing support of each in scripture yeah um so i guess maybe i'm i'm taking the coward's way out and and choosing both but no i I agree with that there are there are signs of both in the bible yeah so see and definitely when you start seeing things in the bible and they start coming up multiple times you definitely don't ignore them um and the convenient thing to do in this argument is to ignore one or the other and you really can't. I think it's wrong to ignore even even when you have very obvious good versus evil to completely blind your eye from the evil yeah then it'll be harder to pick up on it in the future yeah, um, yeah. but no I, I agree with you it's it's kind of like a mixed because it would be hard like I'm, I'm there are good ar- ar- uh, arguments for like one or the other but still there are loose ends there are plot holes you know, there are yeah. things that you can't really explain other than the other side that you're completely refusing. Yeah, exactly. So, so it's like, yeah, if you take one, you have to explain away stuff that's better left explained. Yeah. Like actually talked about. You can't explain it without the other half that you're choosing to yeah. completely ignore. Now, it, it might be a mix of percentages like you're, you're talking about. I don't know. I'm just trying to take the uh, <laughs> the, the easiest yeah. way out I can see that's still also confronting all the facts. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Nobody's going to get offended over this. I hope not. <laughs> can't get That's offended. what Christians do best. You can't get, get, get offended. offended over this. Come on now. <laughs> we were talking about a little Nas being gay. Come on now. That's right. That's right. We started off strong. And now we started out strong. Look at us. We're so weak. Ah. And I, I guess if we got time, we could start talking about morals. We only got like 10 minutes, technically. Let's go. Let's, we, we got this. What? Only, only... You, you did bring up morals slightly yeah. in the middle of that, and I liked how you mixed that. Um. There are different aspects to morals I think of, so we might probably need to pick a specific aspect of morals instead of instead the of whole thing. tree. Yeah, I guess we're going to talk about... <laughs> um, so, talk like, about morals. Like Let's talk about morals. Like a person's conscience, which is their moral compass, essentially. So, so morals basically are, you know, you're right and wrong. Yeah. It's your right, what you think is right and wrong. Yeah. So your moral could be, like, you could say, oh, killing a, a man in innocent blood, you know, not out of self, just going up and shooting somebody and killing them would be wrong in your eyes. Yeah. It could be right in my eyes. Those those kind of define, oh, that's wrong for you, but right for me. We have different morals. Yeah. Um, Although I think, in actuality, you'd be hard-pressed to find somebody that was like that. Out, that you can find guys on you, both you sides of the find, fence. Yeah. You can always do that. But in, in general, I think... And, and this is true all throughout history as well. I think people's morals have been mostly the same. There's there's a few groups, you know, here and there that have outrigger morals and, and things that are bizarre that are specific okay. to culture and whatnot. But so, I think morals in general have stayed about the same. Okay. Like it, it's you know, and I'm talking about basic morals like monogamy. Like it's it's wrong to go chase somebody else's wife, or you know. To take more than one wife and that kind of stuff, yeah. uh, or killing in in cold blood is wrong, and stealing is wrong. Yeah, but those are just the, the hard basic morals. Yeah. Um, 
I guess, um, first, let me ask you this. Um, we can get into this. Um, do you think you are born with morals or you think you receive them as a gift based off your, I guess, religion? In this case, it would be Christianity, I guess. I, I think you receive because I if, if I'm yeah. if I'm speaking honestly I think you are born with morals just yeah. like you are born sinful you, um I mean you, you could think of morals as a gift from God but they can go good or bad but also life in itself is a gift from God mm-hmm. not everybody has that opportunity um I think you're born with morals and you know you you look at the people you see people and you're like oh I like what they're doing so I you know that thing they're doing, I like that. That becomes part of your moral. And you see other things that you're like, oh, I don't like this. You know, the things you see that other people do affect, and the people around you affect your morals. Yeah. And you can shift those throughout time. Obviously, when you're a kid, you're pretty stupid. Um, so it's, you know, you, like, as a kid, your 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 mind changes on a yeah. lot of things. Some of them, they just confirm that. They just barricade that well. Um, I think you were born with morals, and I think when you accept Christ in your life, it what do you say? Like, uh, it, it advances starts, that. It helps correct the ones that are wrong and reinforce the ones that were right. Yeah. But I do not think you need to be saved in order to have morals. Yeah, I think you're right. I do not think any belief in the world it grants you morals. I think you are born with morals. Yeah. I think you can you can have an atheist that is far more moral of a person than a Christian. Yeah. Nah, that's that's guaranteed. In fact, some of the greatest philanthropists in the world were atheists. Um. You know, not, not even talking about the old saying, cold as charity, but it, you know, morals are in a lot of senses completely divorced from religion, accepting uh, Christ's morals that you're talking about, the ones that are true morals that you receive once you receive, you know, knowledge of Christ. You yeah. start working in your heart and your soul, and then all of a sudden your moral compass actually points true north. Um, but as you gain those morals and that better moral understanding, uh, through an understanding of the word, uh, you start to see the the morals you had were sort of like a facsimile of what true morals were always intended to be. They were never something completely different, but it was sort of like a fuzzy fuzzy picture versus a crystal yeah. clear picture. You know, you, you might not be able to follow the lines all the way at the beginning, but once the picture becomes clear, it's like, oh, well, I was kind of following along to begin with. It just yeah. makes it more solid. Um I think the whole thing you're talking about being born with morals is being born with a conscience, which also, if you go back to the very beginning, it's the knowledge of good and evil. That's what a conscience is. Yeah. And if you know, it's that's the that's the basis of, the of morals. It's essentially is knowing is basically knowing you're good and evil, <laughs> yeah. or and what it's you think. A terrible is. thing. It. It's it's good, and I'm ultimately glad we have it to some extent. But it's it's also a terrible, terrible burden. Um, I'm glad I know what good is. I'm glad I know what bad is, so we know what to stay away from and yeah. what to go towards. But I mean, a lot of times there's far more evil out in the world than there is good. Far far more likeliness to encounter evil, especially within our own selves. Gosh, <laughs> dredging the depths of our own heart is dangerous enough. Um, but yeah, in, in terms of receiving it when we're born, every one of us, nobody needs to tell you that, you know, what a child does is wrong. They already know it's wrong in a lot of senses. They might not be able to articulate why it's wrong, but they understand the implications of like, okay, my parents told me not to do this and I want to do it anyway. 
you know, out of a rebellious spirit, and they know it's wrong, and they'll do it. And then they feel guilt over it. And that's the, the conscience poking them, going, hey, you knew you weren't supposed to do this. There's nobody that teaches you that. There, there's things that can reinforce that, like you talked about. You know, if you grew up in a very, very religious and rightly religious home. Like peer pressure. Like, well, there's that. Those are like yeah. the overly religious. But if you're talking about like a solid where they taught you everything rightly and they, they taught you good judgment on things, you start off with better morals than somebody else. Yeah. Uh, same as if you were in a, a very amoral family, you know, where it's it's just you see all sorts of stuff, then that it it burns your conscience essentially. Where you already had a right alignment or pretty good, but when you start seeing things and those are reinforced and you're having to confront that and then you have to, you know, eventually say, Well, I guess that thing wasn't so bad after all. The people I looked up to, my parents or you know, my best friend or whatever, they're doing these things I think are wrong. Maybe they're not so wrong after all. Burns your conscience and then it throws off your you know your moral compass that can be repaired at some point and through the grace of god he can he can start to work that out again but once something's burned it takes a while to heal yeah um you know so it's like there's some people out there that have been sinning a particular sin for forever and forever and you know they finally get saved and then they're they're all of a sudden distraught because it's like they they've gone back to that sin for a moment and they didn't feel guilty about it I was like, well, you you burned your conscience all your life. It's going to take a while before that starts kicking in. Yeah. But the fact that they were distraught that they sinned again is a good good indication that, okay, something has gone on to kick you back in the right direction. It's like once you're saved, you never enjoy sin to the same level you did before being saved. Yeah. And, And that's a fact. It's like you could try your best <laughs> to, to go down that rabbit hole as far as you want, but at some point you're going to be confronted with this ain't enjoyable, not not the way I remembered it. Yeah. Um, that goes back to conscience and morals. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, yeah, I agree. I mean, yeah, I think like, like um, you know, if you're in a group like like um, slavery, mm-hmm. a lot of people saw slavery as moral. Or morally right, let me say that correctly. Um, and then you have like Abe, Abe Lincoln who kind of switched that up. But, you know, you had the whole idea of like peer pressure. Everybody's doing it, so it's like, it's yeah. probably right. If everybody else is doing it, it's probably right. Mm-hmm. But it may not be. But and, it's that whole peer pressure idea yeah. that... And peer pressure is an interesting, really ruins uh, things. interesting facet of uh, morals and morality itself. Because, in a sense, it is a... How do I put it? It's like a, a subconscious realization that what you're doing is wrong and you don't want to confront that fact. And the person that you're peer pressuring into doing what you're doing is a representation of... They remind you that what you're doing is wrong. And so you pressure them and pressure them and get them to burn their conscience until they're doing what you're doing so it makes you feel better about it. Yeah, you know the whole you know oh you know, I, I like to smoke and I, I know that's wrong and little Billy over there he's he's you know abstaining from smoking and it makes you feel bad that you're doing it yeah so you're gonna do everything in your power to either get him in your friend circle and corrupt him into doing what you're doing or you're gonna push him as far away so that you can't you're not confronted with that yeah uh, and you see both of those things happen especially in, in tight friend groups shoot you can you know if somebody's going their own way they they want to back away as quickly as possible if they're doing yeah. what they know is wrong unless they have some hope of corrupting everybody else yeah i mean that, that that's uh 
a very big thing, you know, like if you're in a group of people and they're all doing, I mean, you know, if they're all doing one thing and you're not doing it, either you're going to influence them to not do it or you're just going to fall yeah. to them. And the only way really to be, I mean, you could fix it by being stronger than them and having the will to, to change that or to completely disconnect from that group. Yeah, yeah, and I don't, I don't even think a person can be stronger than that. To be honest, I think there's not, there's, not independently. I think well, with God, yes, well, with God. But I think you even need, you know, you need going to church and, and being reinforced yeah, yeah. with other actual. Well, you could go to church, and, you know, be in the Word and all that, and still have people who do things that you don't agree with, and still yeah. be strong enough not to fall to it. Yeah, but it, that's, yeah, that's it's definitely common. not. As common as just falling to it or completely disconnecting. Yeah, because I, I, I'm a firm believer in the fact that if you're around something that's negative constantly, no matter how invested you are in the Word and how, how uh, you know, connected you are in church, it's going to affect you to some extent. Will you fall to it exactly? Not necessarily. But I think it will, it, it might soften you to it a little bit or make it more normalized to you. Or something of that regard, in in which it's it's doing something negative, maybe not in the sense where it breaks down all the barriers, but you know that that's absolutely true. If you're the one good element in a room full of bad, you're going to be corrupted to some extent. Um, yeah, through the grace of God, He can He can protect you from a lot of that. And staying strong is is what you have to do. Uh, and it's important you do all of the things you you need to read the Bible and pray about things and, and be mindful of your situation because, you know, you can start to go down a path without ever realizing it. And once you've started, it's very hard to pop it back. So it's, that's why the self-analysis where you, you sit down and you go, okay, like, what am, what am I doing wrong at this yeah. time? Like, what, what are all the things I need to work on? That's why that's extremely important. I know in my own job, I, I work around a lot of very coarse and rough people and some of their habits have rubbed off on me a little bit um thankfully they're none of the ones that are real bad i already had some bad ones to begin with but it's like i've noticed that and i've I've gone to church regularly and i i do all the things i'm i think i'm supposed to but it it's going to break you down a little bit yeah and um it, that, that's where it gets hard it's like you realize that okay, I'm in this situation and I can't necessarily get out of it. It's, it's where I'm placed at the moment. And maybe I'm supposed to be there to, to talk to them about things. But, you know, one bad apple will ruin the bunch. Yeah. So what if they're all bad apples and they're, how quickly will they ruin the other one? I'm not claiming yeah. to be that good. But I know not, but maybe the big boss is a Christian. Uh, so all the rest of them are, are not. Yeah. Um, so all I can do is try and be the, the brightest light I could be, and that's just God working in me. Yeah, so I, I mean, I can't do anything outside. To of add that. on to that, I would say you know, like, like I've had friend groups where I decided to completely disconnect mm-hmm. because I didn't agree with it, and I figured most likely it was going to more affect me than I could ever affect them. Um, I think if, and this is more belief of God, but if you're going to be in a group like that, that you know they're all doing this thing that you see. Is wrong or it may be actually wrong so like if all my friends are smoking weed and getting high every night i'm not gonna do it at least unless until i fall to it maybe but you know i'm, I'm not gonna do that just because i don't think i would need it i would either i would either say you either need to completely disconnect from them yeah 
which obviously is not always fun, but I think sometimes it's the right thing to do. There are other people who can help them other than you. Or you need to be active in that group of going against what they're saying. Yeah, and a lot you of need times to, what will happen you need to make, push you out. You need to make it very clear, yeah. yo, I'm not doing this. Yo, here's why it's wrong. This is why I think. Yeah. And, yeah, they may push you out. Yeah. Or you might start to – or you might start yeah, to yeah. – and you might grab some of them. You might try. You. They, they might, might see things differently or yeah. slowly or whatever. But if you're not actively doing something in that group and you're just kind of chilling, you really should just leave. Because yeah. you're eventually, you're, you're probably, them. you're probably just gonna, you know, get it yeah. swamped into that. So I think that's absolutely right. But so it, it's dangerous if you see. Okay, this group I'm a part of is a very negative. And, yeah, and that's why I did it because I knew I wasn't active in doing it. I was like, I just. I don't want to be associated with this anymore. Yeah. So, but I think that's why the fellowship of the church is so important too, because we're called to be a, a part of the word, world. We're not of the world, but we're in the world. We need to stand out, though. Yeah, yeah, we're we're beacons of light in a dark world, and people are going to hate us because of that, because uh, the, uh, the darkness hates the light. Uh, but at the same time, we're supposed to be witnesses to people like that, and you know, we're supposed to be in and amongst them and to talk to them and to be as friendly as we possibly can yeah. to them. Um, not condoning the things that they do wrong, but also not slapping them upside the head in a fire and brimstone kind of way. Telling them, hey, you're doing everything wrong, you're going to hell. It's like, that's not yeah. the way you go about it. You have to be friendly to them and go, hey, look, I got a lot wrong with me too. I'm yeah, we, too all, we all make mistakes. <laughs> yeah, we're all, we're all messed up yeah, in our own ways. Um, going back to like the little Nos stuff, mm-hmm. I think, you know, obviously Satan is working on people and, you know, corrupting stuff. And I see things, you see things that personally are blatantly wrong to my, mm-hmm. what I think, maybe wrong to you too. Um, just going back to that little Nos X video, uh, you know, it's a very clear statement to a certain group of people, which I think shows that. You're doing something right if Satan is making himself so obvious to the world. Yeah. He's blatantly calling you out. He's not even he's trying he's not trying to sugarcoat something. He's right in your face, so it means you're doing something right because you pissed him off. <laughs> if yeah. Satan doesn't like it, then you're doing something right. Yeah. That's true. So I I, I personally like if we're looking at that at that music video, I think that's kind of an encouragement to me. I'm like, oh, encouraging to, to the Christian dang. community. Like, we must have <laughs> Let's been keep going, boys. <laughs> Personally, but yeah. Mr. Davis once said something that I think if if somebody didn't understand what he was saying, it would be like really controversial. But I got what he was saying, which is like, if if Satan was going up against you personally, then that would be quite the honor. And because he sees you as a threat, he he would if if it was him personally going against you, then you would have to be the greatest threat to his work currently. Yeah, so be, that would be a great honor, you know, doing that great. But uh, I think a lot of people didn't quite get that. They're like, well, what is he saying? It's like, no, it's not. Was, it's not I an mean, honor to be, you know. That's how I see it. But it's like that. That you'd have to be the the biggest proponent or. Opponent, not proponent of Satan, but the biggest opponent of him to catch his eye enough for him to go head to head with you. Yeah. And really, he's not going head to head with you. He's going head to head with Christ in you. Yeah. But he would have worked. Christ would have worked the most in you at that point. I think. You know, same with the story of Job, the earliest book in the Bible, earliest written book in the Bible. 
It's like <laughs> Satan didn't like what Job had going on. No, he wanted to test him. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that book, by the way. I do too. That's probably one of my favorite. Yeah, so. it, it confronts one of the uh, the biggest fallacies that the Christian can commit, which was Job's fallacy. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I mean, sin loves sin, so if you love to hate something. Then it, Oxymoron. <laughs> you hate. Most people try to say they hate hate, but most people who say they hate hate also love hate. Yeah. They love to hate on certain people based off of even whether it's Christianity or any type of um, belief in God yeah. or maybe others. They don't like those specific views, so they go against you. They call you out. They mock you. They try and cancel you you know whatever yeah. and it's you they know, can call it whatever they want but it, ends it up means you have a hate for something or at which, the very least lack of tolerance yeah which is it yeah, again it boils down to hate. yeah so everyone who's like trying to say equality you know everybody's equal uh, what love is love i don't know i still don't understand that that's like that's, pedophilia type stuff that's, that's i don't the, know yeah the whole but but love is love and it's like well love is love if you don't allow us to love god you know what i mean yeah you can't pick the things you don't like if you want everybody to be equal well that's a that's a fascinating thing because if you start breaking down some of the terminology that they're using right now i mean that's something we brought up on the podcast before which is the the background spiritual warfare yeah i guess there's an ongoing battle big and and uh all-encompassing it's been going on ever since christ died uh and and before but it's like some of the language they begin to use and stuff, it's it's almost like it's a direct confrontation of the, the language that's used in the Bible. Because, I mean, the direct opposite of that would be God is love. And and what they're essentially saying, love is love. Is love yourself. Well, that's not even, I... beyond that, it would be love is God, which is love is the highest possible thing you can possibly attain. So they're, they're kind of swapping that. I know it's yeah. not as explicit as that, but that's what they're saying. It's like, yeah, God is not love. Love is God. It is what rules all things, and it's it's what spurs on all things. So, yeah. you know, if I love somebody, even if they're of the same you know, gender, it's it's more impactful. It's more It's the real. most righteous thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And which that's it what wouldn't be. Yeah. So it's like... I I have no doubt that as part of that spiritual warfare that they've been corrupting these things and you you just lay things out you start to see some of these things that you go okay that's wrong but why is it wrong and you, you overlay it with the Bible and you'll start to see hey wait a minute that's just a corruption of you know either the ideals of God or our morals or and it, it's it's purposeful it's it's they're they're doing that on purpose because it's far easier to twist something that you already believe than it is to swap in something completely new. Yeah. So if, you know your own conscience tells you that killing is wrong, and then you just swap in a little twist, and that's you know well killing, and it's murder. Murder is wrong. Yeah. Uh, you know, well, but murdering this type of person or this somebody for the, doing this is right under these circumstances. It's like that that kind of thing. Yeah, it's where they twist it just enough so that you go, okay, well, man, maybe. I, I think that, I think the reason, well, like you said, they're trying to make love higher than God, mm-hmm. so love being the most righteous, whatever you would say, it's the same as like, um, them, you know, everybody's trying to 
a lot of people who are not fans of the uh, belief of Jesus Christ, yeah. whether it's Christianity or whatever, you know, different types of Catholic and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, because God is, I mean, God is love, but love comes from God. Yes. God created, basically created love, just like he created everything else. Um, but the idea of, like, homosexuality, whether it's girl on girl or guy on guy, gay, lesbian, um, adultery, you know, even even in the Bible, specifically homosexuality, it's very much referenced, specifically referenced as a sin. Yeah. It, it separates you from the kingdom of God. Yeah. Adultery does. Every sin does. Mur- yeah, all these like there. Even if you think I'm lying, like there there are specific uh, references to homosexuality, mm-hmm. and people say there aren't, like, but there are. Oh, yeah. It's just it's not the whole book is not about homosexuality being a sin, you know. But people don't like that the idea of the greatest, most powerful thing that is that created love wouldn't accept them for their sinful nature. Right. So, if you're gay. It goes against what God says, where it's supposed to be a man and a woman because that's natural. That's the only way um, like reproduction happens. Two men can't have a child other than adoption, but that's not yeah, yeah, birth. Not that's not birth, you know, and that's not biological. Two women can't have a child without a third party, which comes from the male. Yep. So the only natural way, the only original way is a man and a woman. Just one. As not, it says... Not, yeah. But you don't accept it that way because you don't like it because you want to do what you want to do and not call yourself out on what you're doing wrong. Right. And, you know, the whole argument where it's like, well, you know, that's that's outdated. You know, God, the Bible's a living word and, and, you know, God probably intended us to, to figure this out for ourselves. And we've determined that, yeah, we can love everybody and we can love each other fully. It's like, okay, uh we don't get to rewrite marriage because in the first place, we never invented it. That was something God invented. And I'm very glad he did. That You know, that I think I've, I've talked about this before, but the first thing that God says was not good in Genesis. So, you know, he's got the creation account where he created the heavens and the earth and it was good. And then he created yeah, yeah. The, the waters and light and dark. Six and days and seventh yeah, yeah. rest. So he did all of that and every day he said it was good. It was good. It was good. The first thing he said was not good was that man was alone. That's like, whoa. That, yeah. That's very fascinating, and people don't catch that a lot. So he created Eve to be a partner for Adam, and he created the whole concept of marriage. And in fact, in Genesis, it, ha- it has a whole aside where it goes from the creation of Eve to, and that is why a man leaves his father and a a woman leaves his mother and they become one flesh yeah and it's symbolic of that first union but god invented marriage and since he invented it we don't get to rewrite it that's something that has to stay constant and so every church and every religious leader that calls that out and says well no 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 love is love and lgbtq plus you know is is the right way to see it's the most loving it's like it might be the most loving but it's not the best for the people. Because it's just like they talked about in youth group today. God, the Father, has two sides. One is the, the forgiveness side, and the other one is the... Punishment. Uh, yeah, it's, you know, there's, there's a discipline and a love discipline. associated with him. And sometimes the most loving thing you can do for someone is to discipline them or to, to get them away from something. So, you know, in this case, 
homosexuality might be the, the red hot iron on your your stove that you don't want your child to go up and hit with their hand. Yeah. They might go do it just to spite you, but you know it's going to hurt them. And so the most loving thing to do is to keep them as far away from it. And you tell them, don't you dare go do that. They might go do it anyway, and that, you know, that would be going against your own will for them, but you know it's bad for them, and you know it's not right. It's, it's, and you know, this is one of those things, it doesn't just hurt them physically. In fact, the, the most hurtful things that can happen to people are often hurts of the soul. Um, and Your spirit, yeah. Definitely things of a sexual nature have a, a great impact on the soul, and uh, that would take a whole nother podcast to get into the ramifications we of won't that. do that yet yeah, yeah that, that's for a future date but or never <laughs> but you know it's that kind of concept that yeah anybody that's been heartbroken can understand the deep grief that goes on in a person's heart and soul you know when you're when you're that alone um yeah. and that's part of the hurt he's trying to save you from but it's a deeper one than that yeah oh yeah i agree with you so Oh, man. <laughs> that was that was good. We need to probably, probably cut it off. But yeah, that wasn't bad. I love that, man. That's why I like doing this podcast, man. I love curiosity. I love these type of questions. I do too. Cause these type of like what we can never get to the bottom of them, but we can explore. There's no, them at least. there's no legitimate answer for. Oh, there is. We just can't. Well, understand. I guess there's no answer here. Yeah. Should I? Say. Not that we can get a hold of. We can't. We can't grasp it. We can't grab it right now. So. Given great illustrations, but. Yeah, we're, we're not. You can give the best close. illustration, and you could be completely wrong. We you don't could. know. We, we don't know. That, that might happen. And uh, probably does happen. All and the time. Who knows? We may never find out. <laughs> you know, it doesn't say that we need to know anything about predestination, free will, morals, yeah. sin, any of that. Yeah. So, well, only thing we need to know about is our own depravity and our own need for a savior. Yep. The fact that we cannot be that savior, only Christ. Yep. So, well. Cool. Um, yeah, we'll call it quits here. Um, anything you want to finish with? Any last uh, thought? Oh, man. oh, no. Oh, no. The wing! <laughs> there was no bullet in there. Hold up, hold up. There we go. Oh, he just fired all my bullets, man. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but wing, thanks for uh, listening. And I guess we'll catch you next time. Catch so. you next time. See ya. Peace.